Welcome to Lightning Rounds, podcast about culture, life, and sometimes the Bible. What makes this podcast rad <laughs> is you, the listener. You get the chance to ask us honest questions and get back to mostly honest responses. <laughs> Today, we are recording from a garage in Southern California, as well as a, I think Zach's in, a, in his child's room in Texas. I'm actually in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> Your prayer podcast closet. <laughs> yes. I'm recording out of a closet in Texas right now. Don't read too my much into that, scared. okay, guys? <laughs> Stay in. Stay in. <laughs> Pray without ceasing. <laughs> Literally stay in. All right. Well, today we have with us, I am your, uh, I guess I'm a kind of a host. Am I a host? Yeah, you're I'm doing a, a great job too. You're doing a great job. Thanks, man. I think it's been two and a half years of you being the host. I'm a host. <laughs> <laughs> I am a host. My name is Andrew Newman. To my left, immediate left, sitting very close to me today. <laughs> Is our sound engineer and producer and registered theologian, Hollow Cobos? That's it. I'm here. Andrew and I are conjoined at the head with uh, headphones right now because <laughs> things weren't working. But God bless this podcast. <laughs> We're moving forward anyway. Come rain, come sleet, come storm. The podcast and the post office are going to keep going. <laughs> I like it. Yes. And on your extreme left, Texas. <laughs> my extreme left. Yeah, miles and miles very, away. Very left. <laughs> In Georgetown, Texas, is our other host. Make sure you hear his voice, Mr. Zach Ruiz. Coming in. Here we are. Come on. We. You know what? You did a great job, Andrew. I'm going to give you a, a, a little golf clap. I don't know if you can hear that. I can hear a little bit. This <laughs> is just, just a quiet golf clap for you, you know? That's great. Know. Thank you. Uh, I feel important. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Yeah, we're back. We're back. First episode we had was like three months ago. And <laughs> Was it really? It felt it like it. It was like January, wasn't it? Two months, yeah. It was like two months ago. and um, but well, dude, Things are tough. You know, but we're, you have multiple kids. Paulo <laughs> has multiple kids. I have multiple kids. You have double our have children. Just <laughs> <laughs> a lot of kids, and kids take up a lot of your time, in a good way. As they should. As they should. I've been going to Andrew kids, uh, Andrew's kids baseball games lately. Yeah, yes. So I have like, I feel like I have six kids now because. <laughs> I went to I went to his son's and then all of a sudden his daughter's like, "Can you come to mine too?" And we're like, "Yeah, where is it?" They're like, "Glendora." I was like, "That's fifty-one miles away." <laughs> but we had an event out there, and so it worked out. And yeah, it's awesome, dude. She was so. You need pumped. to get you need to get like a bumper sticker hollow that says like, "My best friend's son pitches for the, <laughs> for the San Juan Capistrano Swallows or whatever." <laughs> 
That's so good. I'm totally going to do that. Or like my best friend's son got A's on a roll. Perfect attendance. <laughs> plus student. Well, people are like, is your kid playing? I'm like, yeah, right there. And I pointed to Andrew. <laughs> That's my son. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, uh, we're back and we're going to kick it off with a segment that I'm really excited for. I hope you guys are excited for this one. Whoever's listening to this, you know, we welcome all listeners today to whatever you're doing. We hope this just jives you up for running on that treadmill or, uh, I don't know, popping in that oven pizza. What do young adults eat? What what, what do young adults eat? What, what's your favorite thing to eat when Bagel you're a young bites? adult? Bagel bites. I think Bagel the culture bites. has shifted, though. Yeah. Like... For us, it was bagel bites, egos, and and uh, Sunny D. <laughs> Sunny D. Now, now, now it's it's all healthy. <laughs> so you ask kids like, "What do you have for a snack?" They're like, "Celery with a protein bar that's made of G- non-GMO." You know, it's it's very different. <laughs> yeah, I think I had like three kombuchas. <laughs> I know. Feeling great. Anyways, I just hope this puts a little jiggy, and you know your. Your day and your step. <laughs> I don't know about Hollow and Andrew, but like I'm pretty stoked today. And and if wait. you know me, I'm like super emo. And there's I have my days <laughs> where I just don't want to talk to anyone. Okay. Hmm. And those are those days where you know you just want to just curl up in a ball and cry. And uh, you know maybe you're having one of those days <laughs> today. And I hope that this just I hope this makes your day a little bit brighter, a little bit better, a little bit more Jesus focused. Um, or maybe a little less Jesus-focused with the way this conversation is <laughs> this, going. This might, this might derail. We'll bring it back. We'll bring this it might, back. We'll bring we it back. We always do. Let's, we'll bring it back. I mean, we're pastors. At least two of us are. Good to two say. or three. That's a majority. <laughs> That's the hope. That's the hope. That's it. I'm going online and getting ordained. Yeah, I'm get over it. this. Get, or, get ordained by the state right now, Hollow, so we could just finish I'm this be uh, the great Dane. trifecta. That's what I... <laughs> Oh, anyways, uh, but today's segment, we're, you know what, there's a lot of Marvel movies coming out, there's a lot of superheroes movies that just that just came out, everyone's into this, you know, whole superhero realm idea stuff, you know, it's, it's big, um, actually during quarantine, my wife and I, um, we had nothing to do, right, during quarantine, right, when, that, like real quarantine, I'm talking about like when the, the two weeks that, that followed that state of emergency address from Trump where we actually obeyed it, right? Um, but, um, mm. <laughs> yeah, right, those two weeks of doing nothing. Um, anyways, but during, our t- <laughs> during that time, we watched, like, all the Marvel movies uh, from Timeline. Like, I never was a big Marvel guy, but I was like, I have nothing else to do. We had Disney+. Plus. I ended up watching them, and now I'm, like, I'm kind of nerding out and geeking out on, like, this whole Marvel trend and, like, the new movies. And so... What does that have to do with our? What does this have to do with our um, segment for today? Well, we're bringing our segments back, and this is a great one. Today's segment, cue the music, is called "Worst Sidekicks Ever." Oh yes. Or 
worst sidekicks ever. All right. Yes. Okay. So this is this this segment. We only have three listed here. Trust me, there's tons more that are out there. But I kind of picked my three favorites here. And these are real sidekicks that were introduced to the comic book realm, superhero realm. And, um, yeah, these sidekicks, it probably would have been better if they would have just stayed a, a thought or, or, or a dream. <laughs> Some things are better not created. <laughs> Left so, to the imagination. So the way that we're going to go is we're going to start off with Andrew. We're going to kind of do it this way, okay? And and be forewarned, okay? I'm going to stop right here. Be forewarned. I didn't get the chance to really proofread these uh <laughs> these things that I just kind of these like these like bios that I pulled from the internet, okay? So just be pre-warned, okay? <laughs> Give us a lot of grace. Yes. No one's is perfect. This <laughs> no one's no, this is this is probably heretical and super uh this, hopefully this just brings joy to you listening okay so andrew why don't you take the first one <clears throat> and do it in your movie voice yeah. all right, all right. K- okay. kick it off kick it off andrew yeah you kick it off with your movie voice andrew all right the first one is actually wait before you announce everyone you have to start it off by saying in a world okay <laughs> that's how we kick it off <laughs> all right in a world where Comet the Super Horse Supergirl. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Number one, Comet the Super Horse Supergirl. Love doesn't come more forbidden and icky than a romance between Supergirl and Comet the Super Horse. <laughs> Comet is an intelligent and magical horse who used to be a centaur in ancient Greece. After the sorceress Circe accidentally turns him into a full horse, she gives him a whole bunch of magical superpowers. Millennia later, Comet meets Supergirl, and as so often happens between girls and horses, falls in love with her. (laughs) After he gains the ability... To temporarily to turn into a human, Comet assumes an identity of Bronco Bill, <laughs> a star rodeo trick rider. As Bronco Bill, he not only gets a d- to date Supergirl, but Lois Lane as well. Man, guy's a stallion. <laughs> Man, that Comet sure gets around. <laughs> Introduced in February 1962 issue of Adventure Comics, Comet retained his creepy crush throughout the 60s. In 1997, the character was revived as a super shape-shifting superhero capable of changing both in gender and species. (laughs) Wow. That's progressive. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. Comet the Super Horse. Wow. That's I love the Bronco Bill part. That's pretty cool. But yeah, that is awful. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard. I mean, he's gone through so many changes. He went from <laughs> centaur to horse to horse man. I don't know. I'm I'm digging this. I feel like if you were a centaur, okay, take yeah. a trip with me. Take a trip with me. All right. If you were a centaur <laughs> and you had the you had like the power or 
for someone had the power to change you into either because you're half human, half horse, right? And you, the, right. the the pendulum's going to swing one of the either ways. I would hope it would be human, but this guy <laughs> just like this guy just like nope picks the short end of the of the sticks, right? And just gets turned <laughs> fully liberty, into a horse. horse. <laughs> Not only was he turned yeah, fully into a horse, but it says that like a millennia later, then he finally meets. Supergirl, where he kind of turns into a human, so it's like he's a horse for a millennia. Like, what did he do? Was he like, like, oh, travel, traveled the? Uh, and how did he get to North America from Greece? Is he like on his four legs, baby? <laughs> and like, what what made him want to become like a professional bronco rider after that? He's like, that'll That's teach true. those horses. <laughs> like, dude, you were one. Don't you have sympathy for your own kind? <laughs> Didn't we read about this? The man horse? Wasn't there like a race in well in in Wales? Oh, that's right. That's man a previous episode. Oh yeah, man versus horse. That's right. Little did we know it was Comet. It was Comet, the super horse. Wow, that's a creepy, creepy thing. On the list of worst sidekicks, this might be number one. I'm I'm not gonna lie. It's that's pretty bad. Comet okay. the super horse. That was pretty bad. All right. All right, so number two. I'm coming in with number two. Here's number two. Number two is Snapper Car. Oh, wait, sorry. In a world. In a world. There's Snapper Car from the Justice League. What in the world? Okay. It's always funny when corporations try and fail to get in tune with teenagers. Snapper Car, the hippest cat to ever walk among the squares, is one such failure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Introduced in February 1960 issue of The Brave and the Bold, Lucas Snapper Carr is a bland pretty boy whose only distinguishing feature seems to be his constant need to snap his fingers. <laughs> just like the <laughs> just like those beatniks do. Hence the nickname Daddy O. I love this bio. This bio is amazing. I got the best one. I'm sorry, guys. Overwhelmed by Snapper's extreme hipness, Justice League of America adopts him like a puppy and turns him into their unofficial mascot. Throughout the decades, Snapper Carr occasionally helps the league despite having no discernible skills whatsoever. Oh man, I thought it couldn't be bad, but worse than being a horse. But this guy doesn't even have anything. He just snaps. Just snapped his fingers. In the late 1980s, Snapper finally became a superhero, thank God. Gaining the ability to teleport. Snapper also appeared in the. <laughs> Gosh, man. Snapper also appeared in the animated TV show Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, but only as a TV reporter. Wow. Snapper car, man. That is so weird. Sometimes you just gotta. Sometimes you just gotta get hip with the with the with the culture. With the beatniks, dude. Just those beatniks around the square, man. You just gotta, you know, daddyo. Just what I love about it, daddyo. I love that his ability becomes teleporting. Like it still does you no good. It's like I teleported to the middle of a fight, but all I could do is snap. Yeah. What if, hear me out, in a different galaxy or realm, what is it called? A, a different dimension. Dimension. He's actually Thanos because he snaps. <laughs> what? 
Oh, he's man. gotten some skills after all this time. He learned he's, how to snap away the world. So yeah, here's here's the here's the other part of the story, right? He gets super bitter that he doesn't have powers. And he knows that the too. only thing he can do is snap. And in his bitterness, he turns purple and into this giant t- <laughs> titan. And all he wants to do is snap, right? And he's like, but he gets a curse put on him where he can only snap if he has the, the infinity stones. Boom, there it is. There it <laughs> we is. We just solved even there though this is. is Justice League, which is DC. Yeah, which is DC. <laughs> we just crossed cross multiverses generations. That was great. All right. All right, Hollow, oh. you're next. <laughs> What's that one? I, I gave Hollow oh, a great shoot. one. Hollow's got a great one. All right. <clears throat> I feel like I have to do this in like a 1940s radio voice. Yeah, you do. You got you got you got you got to give it with like a New York accent, okay? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I don't know if I could do that, but let's let's see what comes out. Character from Newsies. All right, coming up on the Green Lantern. Here is Doiby Dickles. <laughs> <laughs> In the summer of 1940, artist Martin Noddle created Green Lantern, a superhero armed with a magic ring that gives him the ability to create hard light constructs through sheer willpower. Who could possibly be a perfect sidekick for such an incredible hero? Why, a chubby middle-aged cab driver, of course. <laughs> Created by Bill Finger and Erwin Hasen, Charles Doiby Dickles first <laughs> in a June 1941. June 41, like, let's kick off the war with this guy. Yeah. Issue of All-American Comics, helping Green Lantern defeat some street thugs with his trusty pipe wrench and thick Brooklyn accent under the slogan, Soivis that don't make yois noivis. <laughs> this tough streetwise <clears throat> New Yorker helped Green Lantern over the next seven years, just like Jacob. Eventually, Doiby Dickles marries a space princess <laughs> and retires as a king of his own planet, just like the Mormons. Proving that being a sidekick is a pretty great gig if you can get it. Wow. My boy, Doiby. Doiby. That was... Man, I like this guy. With a pipe wrench? What a boss. Chubby middle-aged. He's middle-aged. You just described me. Oh. You you gotta have you. I mean, you gotta be tough to be a cab driver in New York during the forties. Oh yeah. By the way, great forties voice. Although that was that a was lot of practice. A little too real. We didn't have TV growing up. We only had <laughs> VHS old movies on the farm. On the farm. <laughs> what I what I love is that he just his what was his slogan. Soivis that don't make you Soivis that don't make you Noivis. And he marries he marries a stinking space princess and gets his own planet. Was it Comet the Superhorse? <laughs> With Comet the Superhorse, wow, that's true. Who oh, can man. go from gender to gender? Yeah, I didn't think it, maybe he was a space. That's princess. true. I, I didn't. Man, I didn't think that. Snappy car or comet the superhorse could be beat, but that's <laughs> Doiby might take the cake. Oh man, these were all in the 60s, huh? No, that was 1940. Okay, 
Yeah. It just got weirder, actually. Yeah, the 60s. They didn't know what they were doing. Oh, my gosh. I actually haven't seen any of the Marvel movies. Oh, my gosh. All- <laughs> Who are you? I saw Iron Man, like, two. But that, that was it. That's all I ever saw. I apologize, America. Wow. You just offended an entire generation listening right now. I've never seen Star Wars either. Oh, my so gosh. Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> How are you a young adult pastor? <laughs> I don't know. How are you human? <laughs> Maybe you're not. Maybe you're a horse. Maybe you're a horse. <laughs> <laughs> you guys but i was really excited to do that segment so that was great that was you should get paid to do that, that was that, that was a while <laughs> please if you ever want to just donate right to feed hungry kids my hungry kids <laughs> my my venmo account is uh <laughs> just, just send it send it his way you could it's, find it's it. in the show notes it's in the show notes <laughs> all right all right well that leads us into our question of the day um or discussion, um, and it kind of has to do with sidekicks, does it? Yeah, I mean, kind of, sort of. Sidekick always follows a, <laughs> a leader, a superhero, and, and, and today's question is just about that subject, about discipleship, about what that looks like. So I'm going to read today's question. Actually, Hollow, why don't you read today's question? All right. It's a two-parter, so go for it, man. In my Brooklyn voice? <laughs> in Doiby Dickel's cap. Like if you're riding in Doiby Dickel's cap. Oh, man. All right, question one. In my normal voice, which is probably just as bad, but we are called to make disciples amongst the nations. What does it look like for a young adult to fulfill that in today's culture? Mm. And, and question two, just to add into it. Oh, okay. We'll add it in. P.S. <laughs> Do you think there's a difference between discipleship and mentoring? Ooh. All right. Well, Zach, you are you are the champ, the reigning king. It's probably wrong to say, <laughs> but in discipling, wow. I feel like the Lord has just blessed you with such a gift in discipling. So why don't you tell us about your worst disciplers? Um, <laughs> going well, off. Your worst disciples. No, but but question one, call to make disciple amongst the nations. What does it look like for a young adult to, to, to fulfill that in today's culture? Wow. You know, you know, you know how they say, you know, you don't ask God for patience because uh, he'll give you opportunities to be patient. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I must have prayed one day like, hey, God, I want to be used by you. And then he just uh, gave me all the problem people in the world. That, uh... <laughs> no, I'm just You're joking. Right now. I, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. And those of you guys who are listening, I love you guys. You know who you are. No, I'm just, I, it's because I'm a prob- problem person. That's why. And God is like, I want to use a fool like you. Um, first of all, I just love that this person used the, the word amongst I have never used that word before. We are called to make disciples amongst the nations. This is a Man, girl. this guy's this this, this person. This. Yeah, this is a theologian. I feel like this is a trick question. I feel like a pastor sent this in so that way they can 
red flag us as a heretic podcast, false prophet podcast, <laughs> and uh, get us kicked out of heaven. But um, <laughs> anyways, are we going to get serious with this conversation? We should probably get serious with this conversation. This is a serious question. At some point. Mm. <laughs> We're called to make disciples. Man, yeah, disciple making. You know what? Um, for me personally, I mean, we're all called to make disciples. That was that was Jesus's last commission to his uh, eleven um, before he ascended, after he resurrected, right? Before he ascended, he said, "Go therefore into all the world and and um, make disciples." You know, and 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 I think sometimes we get that little twisted. You know, I remember hearing um, a great teaching actually by Tim Chaddock on this, on that passage. And, and I remember him saying that sometimes we can get so caught up in, in the first word go and we realize that that, that is not the command. Um, mm. That the main command of that statement is, is to make disciples. Um, <laughs> he, he told the story about how people uh, um, <laughs> would wear a shirt at Bible college that would say, what part of go don't you understand? <laughs> 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 and, he, and he would say like he would hear that and he'd be like man that just a little irks you the wrong way you know because it kind of right playing words a part of no don't you understand but <laughs> but they would but they would make it all about go and you know and i and, and i've and i've experienced that i've been there you know and, and you know whether you use it as a cop out to just go and see the world you know you're like i just want to go and and <laughs> I just want to go and just mission. just yeah, <laughs> I just want to go witness in in Hawaii and Paris and all these beautiful areas. <laughs> you're like, uh, is, are you sure it's not just wanderlust that you're dealing with? <laughs> um, no, but I mean that's to get back to what I'm saying is the main command is to make disciples. That that's that's every Christian's, um, whether you're a young adult um, or you're an old adult. <laughs> You know, that's, that's, that's the command. And so, um, being the command, what does it look like for a young adult? Yeah. I've struggled with that same question. You know, um, I still like to think of myself as a young adult. Um, I'm Mm. I'm trying to, to, to flee, um, aging (laughs) and, and, and the inevitable process. I turned 31 this year and it terrifies me. Um, but yeah. For a young adult to fulfill that in today's culture, um, I, I get what the question is, and I think the answer obviously is going to you're going to find it in the Bible, and that's what I'm going to give, and then I'm, I'm going to try and give a little bit of practical on top of that. So, the verse that I have for this is Luke nine twenty three, and I and I take all my cues for ministry and for especially for discipleship. You're not going to find a better discipler than Jesus. So look at the life of Jesus, read the gospels. How did he disciple not only his 12, not only the three that were close to him and not only the multitudes of the, his disciples that followed him, um, all, all of those three, you know, how did, look at how he interact, interacted with people. Um, look at the things that he taught, the way in which he taught them, the way in which he lived with them. Um, there's so much just, just in that as a whole, but, um, I feel like this verse is is pretty key. It's Luke nine twenty three. The key. This is the key character traits um, of what it looks like to be a disciple. And and here's Luke nine twenty three. It says, um, and Jesus was saying to all of them, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his take up his cross daily, and follow me. 
And so I think first of all, for, for a young adult, for anyone um, to fulfill that in today's culture, I mean, to make disciples, you got to be a disciple. Uh, first off, I think you got to learn how to follow before you lead others, before you mentor others, before you, um, whatever that might be. Um, you got to learn to be a disciple. You know, are you, are you meeting with the Lord? Are you spending that time where you're letting God pour into you? Um, so you, so you don't get, you know, um, twisted in, in ministry, um, cause that can happen and it happens. It honestly, it happened to me so much and it still does. And I have to guard against that. This is the importance of, of being poured into because when you're not being poured into, when you're not first being a disciple and you're making disciples, you're going to get burnt out. You're going to do it in your own strength. You're not going to do it under the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you're just going to get um, burnout. out. You're going to get twisted. You're going to get bitter. You're going to, um, you're going to want to quit. You know, you're going to want to stop going to church, stop being a Christian, which I've been there for every one of those things. Right. And in, in all honesty, I've been there for all of that. But what I, what I wanted to share in that is the importance of just first, you gotta, you gotta be a disciple. Um, you gotta, you gotta guard against, um, burnout and all that stuff. And that's going to happen. And it sounds weird, but that's going to happen by, in a sense, like taking care of yourself. Like making sure that, okay, in order to pour out to others, I got to be poured into, I got to be filled up myself. I first have to be a disciple. And even like this verse says, am I following this? Am I, you know, am I, am I the one that's coming after the Lord? That's denying myself. That's taking up my cross. That's following him. Um, am I, am I living that out daily? So that's, that's the first thing that I would say for a young adult, um, you know, cause you can't lead anywhere that, that, that you haven't been. And so, um, it does. I feel like it does take a sense of maturity um, to 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 be someone that disciples others, but anyone can do it. Not that it's only limited to the like the elite, because it's not. It's it's called for all Christians. And um, so, first off, that's what I would say: be a disciple yourself. Um, don't operate in your own strength. First, be poured into. Um, that's what I would say. And then, secondly, um, I would say just kind of like breaking down this verse, that verse in Luke 9, 23, breaking those three things down. First, you have to deny yourself. You have to teach. Um, what it looks like is, is you're, you're teaching others to deny themselves, which is, which is a process that is a lifetime. <laughs> okay. It's a process that the Bible likes to use a big word for it called sanctification. And this process is forever. <laughs> until you until you die and come into perfection, you are continually learning to deny yourself because there's a lot of yourself that isn't denied its rights until the day that you die. You know, and um, and so it's it's in in discipling someone, you're walking someone along that process of sanctification, and it's gonna get messy, it's gonna get weird, um, it's gonna get dirty, but it's it's totally worth it. Man, I mean, to see the victory uh, and to see victories and to see God move in people's lives and to get a front row seat to it um, in, in just doing this for the Lord, like it's it's 100% worth it. And so first denying, teaching others to deny themselves on top of yourself, in a sense, denying yourself. Secondly, like the verse says, taking up your cross daily. And, and, and that, I think in discipleship, that's a huge thing is when you disciple someone or you are, are mentoring or discipling someone, whatever word you want to use. Um, it's a daily thing. I mean, this is a person that you bring into your life, not just on a Sunday 
only type relationship, but this is a thing where you're, you're, you're checking in with this person, um, regularly. Um, you're, you're in the everyday of their life and, and teaching them how to walk with the Lord, teaching them how to read their Bible, teaching them, you know, how to pray, how to, how to, um, be a good witness, how to, how to live for Christ and love Christ. And, and so taking up your cross daily. And so that's, you know, um, obviously that's kind of coincides with denying yourself the first one. So it's kind of putting to death your selfish desires and living only to accomplish the Lord's will. And so it's that daily thing, right? Um, being daily involved, just like Jesus was right with his disciples. I love watching, you know, the chosen. I've been really been getting wrecked by watching that show. And I feel like you see a side of Jesus in there. Not that it's like, you know, the Bible, the chosen doesn't replace the Bible, but you get to see a sweet human side of Christ that's like he's just hanging out with his disciples. He's laughing and he's kind of teaching them through everyday means, through wherever they are, the things that they go through, um, the things that face them in that day. And so discipling someone, I would say it's, it's not like you have to prepare a sermon every time you meet with that person. A lot of it is just like, hey, what's going on in your day? And let's see how the Bible applies to what directly you're facing this week or this month. Um, so daily... So denying yourself, taking up your cross daily. And then third, like this verse says, and then I can shut up, <laughs> is uh, follow me. Um, you, you, teach, you teach disciples not to, you don't make disciples of yourself. Um, you make disciples of Christ. And, you know, in my Bible, follow me, that, that M for me is capitalized, meaning it's, it's Jesus who's speaking this. It's not um, teaching others to follow um, a method of a church or a, um, any other type of regimen or anything like that. No, you give them the gospel, you give them the word of God, and you teach them to follow Christ. Because in reality, when you make disciples, you you know, and, and I tell this to guys that I disciple um, all the time, is I, I tell them, hey, I'm, I'm going to fail you. Like, that's just who I am. <laughs> I'm a sinner. I'm imperfect. I'm not going to meet your standards. You know, I'm not going to check in on the day that you need me to check in you. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give you the exact word or wisdom that you feel like you need. I'm not going to be as charismatic as you want. I'm going to fail you because I'm human. But the point of discipleship is not for you to look to me, but for to get that person to, to depend and look to the Lord and follow Jesus and be dependent wholly upon Jesus. And so, you know, for me, <laughs> sometimes that looks like for me, it's like, hey, you know, sometimes a guy that I'm discipling will call me like in the middle of the night with this urgent request, like, dude, I need you like right now. Like, oh my gosh, I'm having an existential crisis. Like usually I'll be like, Hey dude, let's wait. Let's wait till the morning. <laughs> I'm kind of with my family right now, you know, or I'm sleeping, <laughs> you know, like, um, uh, it, let, let's wait till tomorrow. And, and in doing that, you teach, you teach the person you're discipling to depend not upon Zach but to depend upon Jesus, to depend upon the word, to, to depend upon, to search the word out, to, to learn to do that, you know, cause if you teach somebody to always like, you're, you're there at every beck and call for them, they're going to learn to lean heavily on you and not on Jesus. And you want to teach them, um, like this verse says to follow Christ, to, um, to leave the, all their old ways behind to cleave steadfastly to Christ, to conform wholly to Christ's example um, in living and in dying to live, you know, to, to bring God glory.
I'm super encouraged by Paul because Paul, you know, he says that. He says, hey, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so, there, you know, as a discipler, there is an instance of like, you do create a pattern for that person to follow, but ultimately you want them to know that you want them to look to Jesus and to follow Jesus, not a church, not a person, um, but the person of Christ rather. So sorry for talking for like 12,000 minutes, but wow. Yeah, I feel like I was just discipled. I think we could just end there. <laughs> <laughs> Zach lived it right now. No, I was, I was thinking that that verse, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I think that's the big thing is people, people often in our flesh, I think we look for people we want to be like, like, oh man, I want that guy to disciple me because I want to be like them. Yeah. Um, but true discipleship is to be like Christ. So I think that's what, you know, either as the disciple or the discipler is remembering that it's all about looking more like Jesus. Yeah, that's true. That ends today's episode. No, um, <laughs> I think, uh, when they say today's culture, I wonder what they mean by that in the sense of like how distant we are, how where we preach community, but like there's very little, everyone's mm. so individual. We live in an individual culture mm. um, where Japan is getting ready for what's called loner culture um, where people don't marry. They live completely like isolated on their own. Um, and so even more so, I think the Great Commission is still very much a command that we're called to carry out today. Um, we are called to, like Jesus said, to go. And so when we go other places, whether that's coffee shops, whether that's whatever, mm. we are to make disciples in the sense of sharing the gospel, to have someone become a follower of Jesus. And then also... Like Zach has said, you know, we're not as fishers of men. We don't just catch fish. We clean them too, mm. you know? Mm. So I like part that. Of that is <laughs> part of that is walking with them and alongside of them and teaching them what it is to like what doctrines we believe as Christians. You know, what do we believe about um, the son of God and, and those things kind of walking out those those doctrinal things and theological things with them as well as the practical like every day how does a christian address um their sexuality how does a christian address their um uh, their desires for the flesh how does a christian address partying how do you know like i think discipleship is helping people to see their life through the lens of scripture and through the 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 um basically the what is it like the the way that Jesus walked like here here's what it looks like now to follow Jesus our life is seen through that lens so and and in today's culture that's that's getting harder when people um are are uh, crazy but at the same time there's such a need for personal interaction that i think more more than ever there's opportunity for discipleship more than ever because we've been so closed off and because you know when we were isolated for a little bit i think people were like dude i need to talk to a human being and like see a human being's face and we realized that how important that was um and so 
yeah, discipleship is part of that. It's it's an opportunity now to um, lead people in following Jesus and, and what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. So in this culture, the I, I think we try and different, like, well, in biblical times it looked like this, and now it looks like this. Like, that's still, like, culture is still just as jacked up as it ever was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we even have more of opportunity to disciple through through you know your social media through um yeah. facetime through whatever you can you can meet with people on other sides of the world and disciple them there's actually like a, a program where you can disciple people on other sides of the world who are christians who don't have churches but love jesus and like are wanting to follow jesus but um you know don't have the opportunity and so through technology you can actually disciple them on the other side of the world whoa you know so there's a super super important still it's still something that we're called to do even if it's with one person like just someone i think uh you know what we talk about titus too all the time is to get someone who's maybe a little bit younger than you in their walk with the lord mm. it doesn't mean younger in age but younger in their walk with the lord and just yeah, yeah know that you know and and come alongside encourage and think that's so much of what people need in discipleship it's just encouragement i need encouragement in in um my day-to-day life you know, just need to be encouraged to keep following jesus or keep walking with him so what does it look like in today's culture um yeah do it it's super important <laughs> keep keep yeah keep doing that alongside of people think is the difference between mentorship and discipleship Uh, everything that you said Andrew was super good Um, I don't want to just brush past it real quickly you know like I think I think sometimes just to like kind of harp on real quick with what you were saying I think sometimes we can overcomplicate overcomplicate it and by overcomplicating it we use that as an excuse to not do it you know because we make it so we make it so overly complicated that we never get around to it, you know, or we overthink it. Um, uh, I remember hearing a story from Francis Chan, um, kind of giving an example of, of that. And, and he was saying, he was like, he's like, he kind of told the story and he said, Hey, let's say I go, you know, to my daughter and I tell my daughter, Hey, go clean your room. And then later, later that day, he hears his daughter walking down the hallway past his office and he's, he hears her repeating to herself, go clean your room, go clean your room, go clean your room, over and over again. And so he asks her, he's like, hey, sweetie, you know, did you clean your room yet? And she tells him, well, dad, I haven't yet, but I really wanted to make sure that I memorized what you told me to do before I actually did it. And so I memorized it. You said, go clean your room. That's what, you know. And then so the next day he goes on, he goes on in the store and he says, okay, the next day I was writing on a piece of, you know, he sees his daughter writing on a piece of paper, go clean your room. 
And so he asked her and he's like, hey, have you cleaned your room yet? And she's like, ah, dad, I'm sorry. I haven't cleaned my room yet, just yet. I'm almost there, but I really wanted to make sure that I understand what you meant when you said, go clean my room. So I'm looking at the grammar, I'm breaking apart the sentence, you know, and I'm just like taking the English and the Latin word of, of, of go clean <laughs> your room. And, you know, and he's like, uh, you know, and so he goes on next day. He, see, he sa- it says that Francis said that he sees his daughter with a group of her friends in the living room and they're praying. And after they're done praying, he kind of goes up to her. He's like, hey, sweetie, did you clean your room yet? And she's like, dad, I'm so close to cleaning my room. (laughs) My friends and I thought it would be wise actually to get together and to pray about cleaning my room before I actually (laughs) went and cleaned my room. So I'm really close. I'm almost ready to do it. And Francis Chan kind of ended the thing by saying, all the while the room never got cleaned. You know, and and I feel like sometimes we overcomplicate it, like like that story kind of puts that we forget that the first step is you just got to do it. Like just realize that it's not far, yeah. it's near, you know, it's right in front of you. Like to make disciples, you don't, yes, you can go to Japan. Yes, you can go to Africa. Yes, you can go to Mexico, Tijuana. You can go all the um, far off places and do that. And God does command us to do that. But um, like, like we were saying, Andrew, when, uh, for refuge young adults, when, right before I left, when we, when we, you did that series, um, Missio Christi in the mission of Christ and how, um, a big thing that I took from that, from what you taught in it is that like the mission of Christ is for us today and like here right now. It's not like, you know, some far off distant land, like mission of Christ is your barista. The mission of Christ is the person checking you out at Ralph's. The mission of Christ is, um, the person pumping gas next to you that is like complaining at the same time because it's like seven bucks a gallon right out there <laughs> right now, right? Yeah. It's like super yeah, expensive. Super cool. <laughs> you know? um, it's, your, it's, your, it's your classmates, it's your coworkers, it's your neighbors. Like this is the mission of yeah. Christ out in front of us. And so um, yeah. I think sometimes we just, over, we do kind of like what that daughter does. We like overanalyze it yeah. and all the while it never gets done. And sometimes it's yeah. just like a step of faith and like, hey, going out and um, and asking, you know, or, or seeing, like you said, finding someone that's younger in their faith and being like, hey, let's get coffee. You know, let's let's yeah. let's 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 um, meet up. Let's hang out. Let me get to hear your story. Let me let me get to hear where you're at. You know, um, would you but, say that most of your discipleship, most of your discipleship was listening, like 85 percent of it was just listening? Or is ninety nine percent of it, ninety nine point five, Kiss FM, percent of it, percent of it. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, people just want to be heard, you know. And I mean, I do. And I think that's the important thing is like when you're discipling, like you. I think we all need Timothys in our life, but we also need Pauls. Like we need Timothys to pour into. But we also need people checking in on us too, like people that you kind of, that you look up to, that you care about, that that can pour into your life and give you good counsel and in life and stuff too. And so, um, anyways, but I to to answer that second question, is there a difference between discipleship and mentorship? I totally think there is. What do you, I don't know? What do you guys think? Before I before I tell why, do you guys think there's a difference? I always think of mentorship in the sense of business, like a business mentor who's like in the same career or done the same career as you. And so they like kind of 
help you in that aspect of, of work, which is not a bad thing. Like I would, that's how I always thought of it. And then discipleship was always like spiritual. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, I th- hear those terms interchange now. I think mentorship is pushing someone towards a goal on their own and discipleship would kind of be bringing them along with you. Um, mm. Like a lot of times you have a mentor uh, practically in business, like, oh, here's, you know, go do this and go do yeah. that. And but you've then done that, like Holler, right? You've done that. You've had right, mentors right, in your right. business. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. And they're a blessing, but, but discipling would be, you know, like a practical and also look at Jesus in a practical, but like dis, uh, like a carpenter's discipleship. You know, the carpenter brings you along and teaches you how to do woodworking. And then the next day, hey, we're working on this project and we're doing this together. And I'm I'm teaching you as opposed to just like, oh, yeah, you know, I met with you once a week and, you know, go to school, take this class, do that. I think like a mentorship kind of points people when a discipleship brings people along with you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. At least that's how I view it. So, you know, it's one thing, you know, I can mentor someone like, hey, man, I'm just struggling with this. Hey, dude, go to church on Sunday. <laughs> and then there you go. I, I mentored you and I pointed you in the right direction, but discipleship is going to say, all right, well, well, let's talk about this. Let, let me, let me live my life alongside you. Um, and I think that's what Jesus did. You know, mm. he didn't just show up once a week with his disciples. Like, all right guys, it's Sunday. So, uh, open your scrolls, you know, to the, you know, that's, <laughs> he just lived life. And, I think that's why there's so many parables is Jesus was just living life and bringing the daily routine into the spiritual. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what I was going to say. I think that they can be interchangeable if, Mm -hmm. but the biggest difference is like you said, I I would see mentoring sounds a little bit more, um, you know, like a skill or like business, like you guys said, or like an arts or like school, you know, like a tutor. Um, and discipling has kind of more has, has a, has Christian roots to it, more spiritual roots to it, where it's like, no, the goal is to, to, to form the image of Christ in this person, to help the image of Christ be formed in this person. I mean, so you can mentor with the spiritual aspect and call it, you know, you disciple, um, or call it discipling. But, um, I would say that, yeah, that's, that's what I would say on those. Um, but so to get a little you know, practical with it. What for some of you guys, what, what are some, what are some practical ways? Like what are some just practical ideas or ways maybe that you've discipled someone or like, um, methods or, or things that have blessed you or like, like, do you invite them over and you cook them a meal? Do you like only hang out with them at church? Like what's, what's some like practical stuff I can hear from you guys. I used to take kids surfing. Like <laughs> that's not discipleship. Yeah, <laughs> an excuse go to go there. surfing. I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> it was super spiritual. They got um, baptism baptized yeah. every week as well. Multiple times. My cutbacks. <laughs> no, um, so we used to do a guys like boys discipleship group when I was a junior high pastor, and. I'd load them all up in my weird van and we would go. It sounds really bad, huh? Yeah, it was yeah. a weird van. Though. Sounds like a, what was that horse? Never mind. Um, <laughs> and we would go try and do something fun together first. So go body surfing together. I think we'd go to Salt Creek and we would um, body surf together 
and pr- you know we always pray before we go in and pray for each other and then go body surf for a little bit come back we cook breakfast in the parking lot like homeless people mm. <laughs> mm. which was really fun. i think they had so much fun doing that and and then we would sit in the parking lot and we would um open the bible and read a little bit and let the kids talk about what they see in it and what they what they um you know how they understood it and and then we'd pray together and pray for one another and then um get back in the car and go back to church you know and I, I don't know. It, it sounds really stupid as I just described it. And as the words were coming out of my mouth, I was like, I wish I hadn't started first <laughs> talking about this, but no joke. Like I, I talk to those kids on a regular, you know, they're all grown up and married. Um, and some of them are having kids and stuff. And, and those were some of the best times that we had. And, and you can see like, yeah, they don't remember everything that we talked about, but they remembered that we were there with them and spent time with them and walked life with them. And I think that really made an impact, uh, on their life. And a lot of them are still walking with Jesus and, and following him. And, and it's cool to see them now discipling and serving and, and, and doing a lot of those things. So mm. I think a lot of times that's, that was kind of unique for us because of where we live and stuff. But it was, it was something to get the kids away from like a screen or away from just being isolated at home, getting around other kids or other guys their age and, um, and not being afraid to talk about the Bible or talk about spiritual things in front of their peers. And, and, um, and yeah, dude, that was just one thing we did. Um, and then it, it ranges from all over, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. that was one thing that was, I think pretty awesome Hmm. what about you Hollow I remember just taking kids random places like all right I'm gonna pick you two up you know we're gonna go to Costco because I have some shopping to do and they're like (laughs) okay where's the fun I'm like oh no we're we're just gonna do that and it's funny because by the end of it they'd be like that was fun (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, we went to Costco. I, I bought voice. you a do- You know that voice. I, I bought you a dollar fifty hot dog and you thought it was the greatest thing. But <laughs> I know growing up, you know, when my youth pastor, and I know we're kind of getting youth minded, but I think it applies across the board. Um, when my youth pastor took that time to like, hey, dude, I, I got to run to the store real quick, you know, jump in the car and help me. Those were the moments that I was like, this is so cool. Like I get to hang with him on a personal, not just that, you know, church interaction. And so I think... For me, I love the the day-to-day life of, you know, grabbing coffee with someone, going on a walk. Um, I don't like walking, but, um, <laughs> you know, going on a walk and talking with people. I think sharing a meal together, too. Uh, I feel like meals are so quick and unspiritual today, but yeah. in the past, a meal was such a big deal. And so really taking time to break bread with one another. Um, we just had some friends over a couple weeks ago, and you know, what we thought was going to be a quick dinner turned into this like four hour thing. And we just talked the whole time. There was no board games. There was no movies on just, I think a meal slows things down and we have to take advantage of that. And coffee can, coffee's cool too. I know that's the the hip culture and I love coffee. We're drinking coffee right now, but uh, taking time to have a meal with someone, I feel like there, there's something special about that. And, you know, Jesus broke bread a lot of times and 
discussed a lot of things over a meal. I mean, feeding the 5,000, here's a sermon, and he fed everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, That must have taken a really long time. (laughs) But I think the day-to-day life and, and really just slowing down, not trying to make discipleship something you check off your list, but... Um, just bringing those people into your life. That's good, Hollow. I like how you said a meal slows things down, you know, because this question asks how to do it in today's culture. And if there's one thing that this culture is known for and we're all known for is busyness and like just so fast paced, like, you know, people are like, yeah, I can meet up with you, but like I can schedule you in like two weeks from now, you know, or there's, you know, like I got this going on, I got this, but I got to be here, got to And like, the beauty of, of discipling is it does cause you to slow down um, and consider things that matter, consider spiritual things, which I think is, is good for any any believer to do, to not get so caught up in like the busyness of life, but um, to pause, to be still, you know, to kind of have like those Selah Sabbath moments of just like... Mm-hmm just resting and, and, and considering the things that are important. And a meal does do that so, so sweetly. Coffee, I think, does it too. Um, <laughs> just the sweet aroma of bean juice. Just if that doesn't get you fired up to talk about Jesus, then uh, <laughs> no. But, yeah, I, I think that's those are all really good ways. Most of the ways that I've done it in the past have been over coffee, um, kind of like um, meeting at a coffee shop and, with somebody more intentionally, weekly um, type deal, but I, I like I like what you said though, Hall. It, a big part of it is inviting them into your just your life, and because that's what Jesus did. I mean, when you look at his model, mm-hmm. you know he that's what he did. He ate with them. He provided food for them. He went sailing with them in a sense. Like they crossed, they traveled, they walked, they um, did feasts together. They broke bread together. Um, Fishing. They went fishing, yeah. Fishing. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I think it includes all of that. Don't you think that discipleship it has to it has to come from a place of hospitality um, and generosity? Mm. Because yeah. you do have to like you do have to share. Mm. <laughs> you do have to like give up. Like, I don't want to share your freedoms. Yeah, like it. You do have to share things and like give up some of your freedom. And, yeah, totally. And to lay it down for someone else. So I think a lot of it has to come from those gifts. It's, it begins like from the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are that come from the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And two of those gifts are hospitality and generosity. You know, and if you're not hospitable <laughs> and not generous, like, no. good luck, you know, in this culture trying mm-hmm. to disciple somebody. Yeah. So, I mean, those, those gifts, those gifts of the Spirit are meant for the edification of the church, for the building of the church and discipling right. is building the church. And so you mm. definitely want to be operating in the gifts of the spirit. Um, and hospitality for sure has to be, um, like, I mean, it has to be there cause you are inviting people into your life, you know? 
Um, some of the guys that I discipled, they're some of my best friends. I mean, I was in their weddings. Um, all and they 40 were of there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, no more weddings, please. Um, sorry, did I say that out loud? There's another one that I'm in this, <laughs> yeah. this, this, this year, and I'm very excited one, for that one. Sorry, one. This is, I, I didn't mean it for that. This is the last wedding I did. <laughs> I didn't mean it for that specific wedding. And there are there are a couple more guys that I love, and they they know who they are, and they're not married yet. But when you do, I'll I'll, I'll rent the suit again. I'll do it again because I <laughs> you love you guys. Just bought one <laughs> because I love you guys. Okay. Um, but no, but and it, you're it, generous it, and hospitable. It's yeah. It you didn't you need these these people need to be part of your life. They need to be coming into your homes. They need to be they need to be welcomed as a fr- as as friends and and. I mean, I mean, even the crazy thing is like a, it, it doesn't end. Yeah. Like, it, like these guys, like it doesn't end. This is something that you, you're invested in this person's life for, really for, if you're doing like a one-on-one intentional discipleship, this is something that you don't stop. At, at least mm-hmm. if they're continually in your life, like unless they like move away and they like forsake talking to you and they just, you don't return your phone calls, then I get it. But like. If there's somebody that you see regularly, like you don't just turn that off. I mean, you're you're kind of like signed up as a lifelong mentor in a sense in their life, and it takes some commitment. It takes hospitality. It takes generosity. I think for pastors too, for like for us pastors, Andrew, for me and you, I mean that that's why hospitality is a requirement (laughs) for us in the ministry, right? Um, Because we're like the head disciplers. Like, cause yeah. we're, we're, we're called to build the, we're called to, to, to edify the church for the work of the ministry, right? To, um, to equip the church rather. And so we're like head disciplers. Yeah. We're like teaching disciples how to make disciples. And so, Absolutely. yeah, totally. And it affects so, our families. It, you know, our families have to be on board with it too. And, you know, yeah, I was thinking about that right now. Like I should be discipling. Well, I, I am discipling my son and to look at, you know, uh, I don't know. He's a direct example of, of my discipleship. So for me, it's like a gauge on like what kind of job I'm doing (laughs) with him is like, am I doing a good job in discipling him to follow Jesus and to, to, and a lot of it is, it's not me like sitting down and lecturing him as he's, I know he's watching me. And so, man, I got to do a better job. I gotta, you know, just, I know that for sure. I know, um, so much of what we do in life, like people are watching you, they see you. So, so I think for us, like you were saying at the beginning, uh, as a disciple, like, I think that's the best thing we can do too, is, mm. is just be a good disciple of Jesus yourself. Cause um, you're indirectly discipling people a lot of times, um, whether you know it or not, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And yeah. Hall is one of the most hospitable people I know. He oh, had this family God. living with him, um, <laughs> with their dog and their babies and uh, it always goes it back crazy. Yeah. Speaking of generosity and hospitality, do I have to pay you back for this coffee or is this? Hey, that's on the house. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Bear Coast. <laughs> yeah, that's I Hollow is one of the most hospitable people ever. 
Yes, and that's because I ordained myself online. Because he did. <laughs> You're that's when the gifting came. You've been pa- like. You're pasteurized by the state of California. That's so funny. That's good. Yeah, you should be. We should just ordain you right now. I'm going to do it right now. Right now. Take me surfing <laughs> and leave me out there. <laughs> Take me to church. <laughs> Take me to surf. <laughs> yeah, but right. I think, I think you know, if we can kind of, if you guys feel like we're kind of coming around back home to like land this plane. Wow, I just used like two references. I used baseball and I used like air, airplane <laughs> in the same. Did I just mesh that? I'm such an idiot. Why did I do that? No, that was great. Keep to be going. rounding home. Yes. Rounding the bases yeah. and and as well, if landing the plane. I knew what these terms meant. Landing the <laughs> plane. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, I think I. You know, I know for me, one of the things that in, in discipling that has always, like, that has always encouraged me is that some, someone once told me, like, you don't need to have all the answers. Um, you know, that's not the, you, you don't need to have all the answers for everyone. Because some pe- sometimes people are like, well, I don't know what to say. What if I get somebody that's, like, dealing with, like, stuff that I'm like, dude, I don't even know how to, to do that, you know? And and sometimes I think you know what we what you really need as a discipler is not the answer to every problem, but just like and and this, sorry I'm just reading that verse right now and it's kind of it's kind of coming to me the verse where Jesus commands everyone to make disciples in Matthew 28 the Great Commission. I never saw this until just right now, um, but like at the end of that, after he says, "Go therefore make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit," verse 20, uh, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Right here, he says, and behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. And I feel like we don't need an answer. We just need to know his, that he's that He's near us, that he's with you. So like right. as you go out and you do these things in whatever creative way that you do it, whether it's your neighbor or your best friend or or some youth that you're involved lot, you know, a youth that you serve at church with or, or someone or whatever it may be, like know that that Jesus is with you. Like to the very end in that, like through every valley that you're going to walk through personally and even walk through with that person, the valleys that they will face, know that like you guys aren't, you're not doing it alone. Like the great discipler is there with you. Jesus Christ is, is, is with you and he's never going to leave you. And, and I feel like to me, like that has always brought me such great comfort because there's times where I roll up to, to meet up with someone knowing that this person's like been kind of giving me hints of what they've been going through. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm empty. (laughs) I'm gassed out. Like I have nothing to give you. Like if I give you something right now, it's going to be a slap on your face. (laughs) Like like, that's all I have. uh, Read your Bible more. (laughs) That's all I have. You know, like it's just flesh. It's just flesh. (laughs) I just have flesh to give. And, um, Knowing that I don't go alone, like that the Spirit of God goes with me, that Jesus is there with me um, till the end amidst that. Um, I feel like that changes everything. Sorry, I just, sorry, that just, that kind of just popped out to me. I never noticed that until right now that like he kind of caps the entire command with the promise of presence. Um, Yeah. That's rad. Like it answers the question, no matter what's going on in culture, what what does it look like to be discipled or 
just keep doing it until the end. Like mm, regardless yeah. of what your eschatology looks like, mm-hmm. make disciples until like <laughs> God, until the end. Yeah, until you <laughs> die or Jesus comes back or you know, Gog may Gog. I think that's the thing. <laughs> Everything that's going on in our culture, like in what's going on in the world, which is so sad and crazy. Um, it doesn't mean that we like stop. That's what's crazy. It doesn't mean like, oh no, now we just like stop doing what we've been told to do. Like no. Jesus said, till the end of the age, like until yep. I come for you or till. Yeah. So if you're like, well, it's coming soon. That doesn't matter. It, it doesn't change. Not that it doesn't matter. Sorry. That's a, the wrong thing to say. It doesn't change the mission of the church. It doesn't change the mission of, of the disciple, like to make disciples. Mm. So, so just keep, keep living for Christ and yeah. guiding people along the way. And, and, yeah. um, whether it's having a cup of coffee with someone and teaching them about Jesus and talking about the Lord and praying together, or you're getting on a plane to go to Mozambique, like both are holy, both are commissioned by God, both are call like answering the call of God in mm. your life. So, mm. so, you know, that, that's what it looks like. And that's all I got to say about that. Wow. That's, that's so true, man. That's so true. Cause it's like, where would we be if the Christians during the persecution of Nero, when they thought like the world's ending, this is it. Like, where would we be yeah, if they, if they stopped discipling, if they stopped witnessing, if they stopped living for Christ? We yeah. Like we wouldn't be exactly. here, but, yeah. but because of the perseverance of their faith, and their perseverance and mm-hmm. endurance to to obey Jesus, this command of Christ, and to continue to 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 spread the gospel, like um, man, that and and let that encourage you too. The gospel is always taking ground, like the kingdom of God is never retreating; it is always taking ground because right. it's because at the end it wins. It completely envelops mm. darkness. Light always overcomes darkness, right? John 1 says that, that the light has shone into the world and that darkness could not overcome it. Darkness never wins over light. And so whatever is going on, even culturally right now, you know, and as a young adult, you could be thinking like, dude, I just want to get married <laughs> before the end of the world, right? You know, or whatever. That's At least that's what yeah. I thought when, yeah. when you know, know. I'm like, God, just let me get married first. Just let me get married, <laughs> please. You know, know, or or you're thinking, you know, you know, whatever, you know, maybe you're a little bit more holy holy than I am. And you're like, you know, <laughs> your, your, your concerns aren't about that. And you were thinking, you know, like, man, do I just give up? Do I just, like, what's the point now? Like, everything's kind of going crazy. You know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket right now. And just like, you're like, what, do we keep going? Yes. Yes. Keep going because light wins over darkness. Hope wins. Like it, it always wins. Sorry, I just punched my desk right now because I was getting so stoked on it. <laughs> Ouch, that hurt. Um, um, I'm a preach. I'm a preach right now. You guys aren't ready. I'm ready to preach right now. I haven't had a mic to preach. Andrew hasn't called me back since my last teaching. And I'm a little offended Come by it. Come on. Okay. I'm a little offended. I, have, I haven't seen like a, a like you live in Texas. speaking request. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Can I do that? Because I don't know. I have to teach Zechariah tomorrow. And like, I'd really appreciate you to take that one. Dude, that, there it is. Let's do it. Come on. Let's work it out. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll, 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 I'll get you my uh, agent's contact info. And, and you can just... Um, <laughs> So. Speak to my secretary. <laughs> no, but yeah, just keep going, man. Wh- whoever's listening to this and whoever asked this question, 
keep going, man. It's um, light always wins. One day the kingdom is uh, the kingdom that we only perceive through faith. One day it's going to be sight. It's going to be sight yeah. for us. And so let's keep going until then. You know, and this is a good encouragement for myself too. Like I'm in Texas right now and I'm like, I, that's right. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. You know, gas is really expensive. It's like almost $4 out here right now. <laughs> it's insane. We're Texans are in yeah, an it's uproar. Like seven. <laughs> I know. It's I'm like just, seven over here. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> I just had to throw that out to you guys. <laughs> it's four dollars <laughs> no but yeah oh keep going um don't stop yeah Amen. so that's what i would say Hallelujah. anyways right on that was good anyways yeah dude i think so man keep faithfully sowing seed and we'll see each other in heaven yeah <laughs> words of my boy Doiby. <laughs> Doiby. I Soivis. Don't moink your Doivis. Doiby discipleship. And whether you're a centaur, half man, half horse, and you have an oddly <laughs> weird crush on Supergirl, <laughs> or you can't stop snapping That's your fingers. So... <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was yeah. great. Do you um do you guys it, maybe for anybody but like as as we close this um maybe somebody that wants to go deeper in on this do you have any like sermons or books or anything that you would want to recommend to anybody that might want to go deeper like feels like more of a call towards this we can Just each kind of share Zach. Yeah <laughs> his phone number is <laughs> Once again I'll, I'll leave um, my my agent's info in the show notes for, uh, and your Venmo. And my Venmo. <laughs> That's right. No. <laughs> the Bible. I have the one. Books? The Bible. Find yeah. find find the disciple. There's a sermon that Tim Chaddock preached that was really good on discipleship. I don't know the n- title of it, but I'm pretty sure if you Google search Tim Chaddock discipleship sermon, maybe it'll come up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was really. I good. would say I would say listen to that. That was a really great one. If you want to hear a sermon on it. Um, I know Francis Chan has a book on discipleship. I don't know how good it is. I haven't read that one. But for me, the probably the best book that I've ever read on discipleship, and it's super small and easy to read, um, it's called One-on-One Discipleship by Charles Swindoll. Oh, cool. And it's... That sermon, yeah, that sermon that Tim preached is called Investing in Discipleship. It's on their podcast. If you go to Reality uh, Ventura... And you can listen to that. It's great. Yeah. Okay. So there it is. There it is. Yeah. So th- those are resources. If you guys want to go, you know, go in the deep end of the pool, kind of wait a little, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. bring your goggles, bring your, uh, what are those things you used to throw? Pool rings you used to dive in and, and get as a kid. Cause you're like, <laughs> you had nothing else to do. For you to do. Yeah. Those are great. My parents used to use coins. Through, like, <laughs> just use rocks in the, in the deep end. Yeah, I have to go try and find them. For a second, I thought you said rocks. I'm like, your parents would just throw no, no. rocks. Coins. Be like, go Coins. get it, son. <laughs> Coins. Yeah, it's like, it's like, 
oh my gosh, they were playing fetch with me. That's horrible. I just realized that. <laughs> playing catch with me. Well, they sat at the it's edge. Like, close all. your eyes. Yeah. Slip. Close your eyes. They throw a coin in the pool, and then I have to go try and find it in the whole pool. I was like, wow, that's messed up. And I come out with it in my teeth. They didn't even like, throw a coin. They were like, yeah, it's in there. <laughs> Keep swimming. <laughs> Hold your breath. <laughs> you can't come out till oh. you find it. <laughs> <laughs> You don't get dinner until you find it, sweet little Andy. (laughs) (laughs) As the host, am I wrapping this one up or Zach? Sure, wrap wrap it up, up, man. Wrap it, dude. All right. Well, that's that's it. That's it. Thanks for hanging with us today on Lightning Rounds, your favorite podcast. Favorite. If you'd enjoy this episode, yeah, if this is your favorite podcast and you enjoyed it and you think your neighbor will or your barista will, share with a friend. Feel free to give us a review on our podcast. A rate or review would be great. We'd love to hear from you. Only if it's good. Yeah. Keep your other opinions to yourself. Um, we just want to be praised. Um, you can you can actually ask us questions on our Instagram account at lightning.rounds.podcast. So it's also where you can, um, yeah, that's where you can send us your questions. You can also send them to an email. Uh, the email address is asklightningrounds at gmail.com. And we will see you on the next episode of Lightning Rounds. Peace. Shalom.